Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Hey, and thank you so much for tuning back into another segment here on GEMS Podcast. In the hot seat is my special guest, Emily Myers. And here is a bit about Emily. Emily A. Myers is a Louisiana-born author of romantic thrillers. Her debut novel, The Truth About Unspeakable Things, is a finalist for the Chanty Clear International Book Awards Clue Award Contest 2021 for Suspense Thriller Fiction and is a semi-finalist for the Chatelaine Award Contest for Romantic Fiction and the Summer Cess Award Contest for Contemporary Fiction by the same company. As a self-published author, Emily not only writes her books, but publishes and markets them. Emily has a bachelor's degree in English and a master's degree in teaching. And without further ado, please welcome Emily A. Myers to GEMS Podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. My pleasure, Emily. So how did I do on those names? I think I butchered them, but please correct me so the (laughs) audience knows. You did great. Um, It's the uh, Chanticleer International Book Award Contest. And I submitted my first book, The Truth About Unspeakable Things, to three um, different contests within the overall book awards that they do. And um, I have gotten more results since I actually sent you my bio. So I am still a finalist um, for the Clue Award. I'm also a finalist now for the Chatelaine Award for Romantic Fiction, which is perfect because my books are romantic thriller. So they're a combination of those two things. Um, And then I am a semi-finalist for the Somerset Award. And that's the highest that I got in that category. Wow, very impressive. And congratulations on um, the accolades that you're seeing so far. And before we dive in, I definitely want to give the audience a chance to connect with you on a personal level. And since you have done your research, you know, kind of what my drill here is on the show. So we do that one or two ways. The first option is we could do a icebreaker up front. Or the second option is to play a rapid fire 10 question game. Mm. So what are you in the mood for? I think I like the rapid fire. (laughs) Okie dokie. So question number one, with you being a Louisiana born, do you like Cajun and Creole food? Absolutely. What's your favorite dish? Um... I mean, I love everything. I eat pretty much everything. I love crawfish, um, etouffee. I'll say that. Okay. There is this one thing. um, What is it? It's not Steamboat Bills. We went there whenever we were in Lake Charles visiting my niece. And I think it was a chafalaya. Is that how you say it? Yeah. A dish. It was amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I love pretty much like anything seafood. I actually prefer seafood to like red meat. Oh, okay. We can rock and roll there. (laughs) Question number 
to dream car or dream home? Hmm. Definitely dream home. Okay. What, what would your dream home look like if you could like go out and just design <laughs> it right now? Well, um, I actually just got done building the house that I'm living in, which is a little cottage. Um, so I love like a little cottage, like homey and cozy, but if it was like a dream house, it would just definitely have like, it'd be kind of traditional, like a lot of like quirks and like, I like, um, kind of the 1920s architecture. I'm actually, I really love house stuff and architecture, so I could go on and on, but this is rapid fire. So quirky and traditional. So three, favorite color? Pink. Four, are you a coffee or tea drinker? Um, coffee for a hot drink, but sweet tea for a cold drink. Five, if you could have any superpower, what would it be? Oh, I really <laughs> don't know. Probably like teleportation where I could just be in any place that I wanted to because I love to travel. Six, you just won an all expense paid getaway. Money is no option. Everything is laid out for you. <laughs> However, there is a kicker. You just found out they're not flying back to Louisiana. So where are you headed? Um, like I would get there and be stranded for a little bit until, you know, the pilots figure out when they're going to decide mm. to take y'all back home. <laughs> mm. I mean, Paris is like the number one place on my bucket list. I would just say France. Okay. Seven. If you could have lunch or dinner with any person past or present, who would it be? <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um, maybe this is cheating, but I would say Jesus. Okay. <laughs> hey, what is one thing crazy that you have done in your life that you're like, oh my gosh, Emily, I can't believe you just did that. Um, there's some things that I did in college that I look back and I think, well, that could have been dangerous. Thank God it wasn't. Mm, you want to divulge what some of those things are? Just one um, of them? I, I, I think just like hanging out with certain people without having reservations and going certain places without reservations. Now I'm a lot more cautious. Okay. Nine. <clears throat> If you could recreate any significant moment in your life, Emily, what would it be? Um, like relive that moment, like as I am today or yes. relive that moment back then. Um, uh, I don't know what the exact moment would be, but it would definitely be something with my dad. Oh, okay. You and me are going to have a great conversation. I would absolutely say the same thing because I lost my dad. It'll be two years this November coming. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. Thank you. So he was, ugh, 
my, my rib, like, you know, my husband is kind of my rib because we're married, but my dad was my other, my other rib. <laughs> yeah. Ten. Um, this is going to be our pass or play question. And here are the rules. So if you pass, our roles are reversed for this question. And you get to ask me a question. If you play, I ask one last question. So here we go. Do you want to pass or play? Uh, play. Okie dokie. So it sounds like your dad was an important part of your life. Name one piece of advice that your dad gave you that really stuck with you and how it has shaped you to the woman you are today. Um, my dad like was a walking life lesson. So I feel like every single day there was something new. Um, one piece of like kind of just like trivial advice that you may not think like in the moment you think he's just kind of being like overbearing but then as you get older and you have your own house um there was one thing I can remember being a kid and like I would be maybe putting like sugar in coffee or something and um I would be like taking the sugar in the spoon and then walking it across the kitchen to my cup. And he's like, bring the cup so that you don't spill crumbs everywhere. And I know that that's like, so just trivial, but it's one of those things like little nuggets of wisdom like that. He was just constantly giving. Um, and I think it wasn't like a lesson that he, it's not anything he said. It was just how he acted like when I was growing up. Um, he just trusted me to make my own decisions and my own mistakes. And he was always there when I realized that I messed up and I needed my dad. Yes, those, those sentiments and those things that we take for granted, um, often go overlooked, but whenever we need them, it's like, wow, that advice really came in handy. Like back then, I didn't think what dad was saying really mattered, but now it really does. So thank you for sharing that, Emily. And thank you for playing Rapid Fire with Genesis. So now we're going to dive into our segment, which is authorship and you being a fiction author, but also self-publishing because a lot of people are going to big publishing houses and some people don't want to self-publish because they may not necessarily want to do everything up front, but sometimes when you do everything up front, you get to really keep all the proceeds. So what made you um, decipher between going self-publishing versus through a publishing house? Um. You know, it was kind of a decision that I made at the last minute, um, right before, I can't remember if it was right before I started writing the truth about unspeakable things, or if it was right after I wrote it, that I decided I would self-publish. I, I feel like it was before, because for many years, um, because I wanted to be an author for many years before actually writing the book that I published. Um, when I was in high school, I wrote um, a novel and I queried and part of my dream was to be published by a big house in New York. And, you know, I'd be lying if I said that that wasn't still something that I may want to do one day. 
Um, but my dream definitely changed when I started to approach being an author as a real business rather than just a passion. And when you think of it as a business, I think um, when you self-publish, you not only learn how to write a book, but you learn the publishing part of it and the marketing part of it. And if your you know, dream one day is to be published by a traditional house, then your experience as a self-published author is going to prepare you so much more for that. Um, for me personally, I'm kind of a control freak, so I don't mind doing everything myself, but um, I did have help using uh, publishing my first book, and that's actually a misconception about self-publishing is you, even though you're in control of everything, you don't actually have to do everything yourself, so I worked with a team that guided me through the publishing process and that put me um, in touch with, uh, you know, book formatters, cover designers, all of all of those things. I also obviously had a professional editor um, for my second book that I published. I did do it all on my own, but I again had a professional cover designer and editor. Um, and so I just, I don't know, I love self-publishing. I think also, when you look at kind of how the industry is changing, like the traditionally, the traditional publishing industry is, is changed vastly over the past 10 years. And I think it's going to continue to change. Um, there are fewer and fewer major publishing houses because companies are being bought out and consolidated. I attended a conference last year in Nashville where there was a lot of authors there who had previously been traditionally published and they had horror stories about trying to get out of contracts and having to buy back the rights to their book when their publishing company got bought out by another one. And so, you know, from a business standpoint, I personally love to self-publish. I think after I build a backlist of books that I'm proud of, I'm, I'm obviously putting them out a lot quicker than if I was on a traditional schedule, which I have no control over. Um, I follow an author currently who um, is like huge. She's, a, she's uh, Karen M. McManus. She's a YA thriller author who writes the like One of Us is Lying and all of those books that are incredibly popular. And yet she has a book that is scheduled to come out like two or three years from now. So even her books that are ready aren't coming out right away. And she's a big name. And so when you think about that, and then you think about coming in as a smaller author, um, you're going to get even less, I guess, um, representation by those publishing companies, even if you have a contract. So I just think building a foundation and learning everything you can as a self-published author is an excellent thing to do, even if your goal is to be traditionally published one day. Mm, and thank you for taking the time to really elaborate on it and talk about your journey, because there are a lot of misconceptions conceptions whenever you think about self-publishing versus the publishing house. Um, I'm an author as well, so I have two books out on the market. I did go through a publishing house, but I learned um, 
throughout my contract that I negotiated back because then I had to do a lot of the marketing myself. And I'm like, I'm doing all the marketing, I'm pushing the book, but then you're still getting paid royalties, but you're not doing anything. What you did was edit the book. Um, you didn't design the cover. I designed the cover, what I wanted it to look like, of course, with the help of a graphic artist. And then, you know, I didn't have to pay for anything anything else per se but it is like a contract where we should do it together and when I don't see that partnership going together then I think you need to be open to negotiating your rates and sometimes some authors don't feel like negotiating their rates with the publishing house because they don't know what is going to be said or whatnot so I definitely want you to hold up your first book and let's talk through the cover because I want to put yeah. some context around it mm-hmm. And it's a romantic thriller, right? Yes. Um, what I'm going to show you, I actually, this is the original cover, which is probably the one that's more widely been seen, but I have recently redesigned the cover with the help of a cover designer. And this is the cover now, which if you can see, there's the couple in the window, there's blood splatter on the door. The font is more uh, commonly associated with the thriller genre. So overall, you know, this book, I feel, it, I love the cover, but I also feel like it doesn't necessarily say romantic thriller. Whereas if you look at this cover, it has um, rom- romantic and thriller elements to it. Yeah, and then so put them side by side, like hold them up like really close together so I could just kind of pick apart. Okay, so the one on, it's my left, which may be your right, is the new cover design, correct? Um, uh, the one with the blue door? Yeah, the blue door. Okay. And then the other one is the original one. So whenever you um, redesigned it from the original cover to the new cover, what prompted you to create that redesign, Emily? Hmm. Well, okay. So um, Amazon recently started allowing um, authors to upload a hardcover edition of their books. And so originally the idea came to me to have a new cover designed just for the hardcover. And I was going to release a hardcover edition of um, both of these books when I launched Bound by the Unspeakable, which just launched a month ago. Um, But whenever I um, started working with my cover designer and um, her name is Vanessa Mendozi and she's in London. um, And we connected through Read Z Discover, which I highly recommend. um, I just fell in love with the covers that she was doing. And I was like, man, this looks really good in ebook too. So that's when I decided just to offer um, these covers in all the formats available. And currently I have the originals and what I'm calling these is the special edition covers. They're both currently available, but I'm going to be kind of phasing out the originals over the next couple of months. And then um, before I launch my next series next year, only the redesigned covers will be available of the first two books. So then another question, Emily, and I like that you fell in love with the work that she's doing because as you held up that book, I could actually really see that the romance is there with 
the couple hugging one another, the blood, and you're like, oh, why is there blood? The window, it kind of looks dark and dreary, and it kind of just draws draws you in. But um, how long did it take you to write that book? It took about two months, two, two and a half months. Um, yeah. Where did the inspiration come for that book? Um, honestly, it didn't come from anywhere. I, um, I left teaching at the end of 2018. Um, yeah, 2018. And so I had been going back and forth with a different book idea for a while. I also took some time off to just not do anything after my dad passed away. And so um, it was 2020 and I was coming up on it was about to be the second school year that I was going to be away from the classroom. And I started to feel really insecure that I hadn't gotten a book done that I was proud of at that point. And so I was debating, you know, do I give it one more try or do I go back to the classroom? And I decided, you know, if I don't get a book done, um, then this entire school year that I took off was wasted. And so, which it really wouldn't have been, but that was the mentality that I was in back then. And so I just sat down at my computer and was like, I'm going to write something. <laughs> and it just ended up, I, I did plan the book for probably about a month prior to starting to write it. But then when I started writing it, it took a different direction within the first like two or three paragraphs. And from that point on, I just went with the flow and and there it is, the first book. Amazing. And I know your father passed. Did he pass in 2022? Um, no, he passed the summer of 2018. So it will be four years this summer that he's been gone, which does not even seem real. Wow. And sorry again for, for your loss. I know it's, like I said, I've been there it's not easy losing a parent but um one thing that I did to help you know keep my father's legacy alive was actually this podcast was birthed after he passed due to medical negligence so since you're an author as well and also in the creative space have you thought about doing something to kind of commemorate your father's legacy and just keep him alive whether it's through maybe a story that you write and you write it in a different genre outside of rom romantic thrillers or maybe it's like um, a story of inspiration to help other people going through with grief because let's be real Emily grief is a journey and there's various stages and not everyone's journey is going to be the same but we can all agree that it does hurt to go through it absolutely um I haven't thought about writing anything specifically um though I might one day, that's a good idea. But I think for me personally, um, I mean, I keep my dad alive basically by constantly thinking of him and talking about him. But the biggest way I think that my dad, my dad's legacy kind of lives on is the fact that I am living my dream. And for him, you know, of course his dream wasn't to be an author. Um, but he lived his dream, you know, his, he loved, um, farming. I grew up on a farm. 
Um, so he loved, you know, tractors and all that kind of stuff like cattle and, um, and he lived it, you know, he could have had a higher paying job, but it wasn't about that. It was about quality of life. And I know that, you know, his passing at such a young age was what inspired me to go after my dream. Now I always had my dream. I always planned to go after it. But as far as actually pursuing it at such a young age that I am now, I, that wasn't part of my plan. So his passing inspired that. And I know that every day that I live my dream, I'm making him proud. Yes, I love, I love that. And I love that talking about it, um, remembering the memories, continuing to just live your life to the fullest, not wasting it and really doing something that you are passionate about, something that you admire is also helping with his legacy because you're building a foundation for future generations to come. And are there any other things that I may not have asked you that you want to share with the audience regarding your work or just being a fiction writer and being a self-published author who has accomplished, you know, quite a bit? Um, yeah, I guess there's a few things. Um, firstly, I would just say that if you're someone who wants to be an author, then start writing. And, you know, I, I truly believe that you can do it. If you want to do it, you will make it happen. And the reality of it is, is that, you know, yes, cover design and book editing. Book editing is the primary expense with publishing a book. Um, just in my experience of doing it um, now for two books, that's the single most expensive thing is book editing. But, you know, if you can save up, let's say $2,000, you can publish your book with, I believe, success. You can publish it for practically nothing if you don't want to, you know, do the editing and the cover designing and any marketing. But for $2,000, you can, you can live your dream. And that may take a while to save up, but you would be living your dream and doing it the right way, um, which is investing time into creating a quality product and marketing that product. So if you have the dream to be an author, I hope that you do it. I hope that you take those steps. The industry is continuing to change. Um, self-publishing is more prominent now than it was 10 years ago. And I think in the years to come, it's going to continue to be more and more popular because, you know, like I mentioned earlier, these major publishing houses are consolidating. I can only imagine that five, 10 years from now, there's probably going to be even less publishing houses unless they drastically change the way that they do things. So um, don't be afraid of self-publishing. Don't knock it because there are tons of USA Today best-selling authors who self-publish their books and make a livable wage doing it. And then as far as my own books, um, The Truth About Unspeakable Things and Bound by the Unspeakable, 
um, which I'll show you the cover here. They're both available um, now on Amazon. The Truth About Unspeakable Things is the first book and uh, Bound by the Unspeakable is the series. And um, I'm currently working on a new series, which is going to follow a character that's first introduced in Bound by the Unspeakable. And that series will be launching next summer. Um, it's going to be at least two books, maybe three. And I'm planning to, I'm writing book one right now. I'm going to be writing for the rest of this year and probably through April of next year. And then I'm going to rapid release all three books back to back to back. So you won't have to wait long. And if you want to know what's happening with that, then go ahead and read the unspeakable duet now and you will fall in love with bloodlines coming out next year. Ooh, nice. It almost makes it um, want to be turned into a movie because I was gonna say, Emily, this should totally be turned into a movie. Because sometimes <laughs> I do, even though I'm author, I do things backwards. Sometimes I watch the movie first, then go back and read the book. And I know people do it the other way around. They uh, read the book, then watch the movie. So I want to thank you for adding that. And I actually am going to add a writing tip for all of those um, that are out there aspiring to be an author. And it's called my uh, triple one method or one cube. So you could write a paragraph a day, you could write a page a day, or a chapter a day, whatever is most attainable to you, start with that. And then as you start to see your writing flow, flow, then you begin to write more content. But I always like to challenge you to start with something that is realistic and doable based on your schedule. And you don't even need a laptop to write your book. I wrote my first book all on my mobile device in a notes app until I got ready to publish it. My husband bought me my first MacBook. And I tell people where there's a will, there's a way, there's, um, there's text, you could, um, instead of like typing it, you could speak to text, you could use your laptop, you could use your phone, there's so many ways that you could get your literary content out there. So don't ever feel like you're limited, or there's barriers, because that's just something that's holding you back from putting your work out there. So try the one cube method or the triple one method and let me know how that works out for you. And Emily, now let's jump into our call to action part of the segment. What is your call to action for the listeners and viewers outside of going and reading those two books? Like where do you want them to connect with you on social media and plug your website or anything else you wanna add in this segment? Um, I'm most active on Instagram at Emily Myers author and Myers is M-Y-E-R-S. Um, I post pretty much daily. I'm there. I'm currently sharing um, kind of some sneak peeks of the new book that I'm writing um, right now. And so um, if you're interested in seeing that, head on over to Instagram. Um, also, if there's anyone out there who is interested in being a beta reader or an ARC reader for my books, um, if you check out the link in my bio in Instagram, there's um, an ARC reader questionnaire that you can fill out. And if you're a good fit for my upcoming series, then I will add you to my ARC team. Or if you prefer to be a beta reader and provide feedback ahead of time during the writing process, there's also um, a button that you can click for that. So heading to Instagram, 
click the link in my bio and you will see a ton of things, including how to be an ARC and beta reader for me. And there you have it, listeners and viewers of GEMS Podcast. Emily A. Myers. All of her contact information will be in the show notes. So make sure you scroll on down, read, and tap in with her. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. We're on 40 plus platforms. You could also see all things of video content by heading on over to our YouTube channel, which is at Gems with Genesis Amaris Kemp. And until we chat next time, peace, love, and lots of blessings. Have yourself an amazing day and go out there and embrace your inner creativity because the world needs to see your literary works. Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform as well as our YouTube channel. Gems with Genesis Amaris Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at gems, G E M S, with W I T H, Genesis, G E N E S I S, Amaris, A M A R I S, Kemp, K E M P, at gmail.com, where your brand, your swag, Your services can be here on GEMS Podcast.